sometimes when I swing at that ball, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And like my feet end up. I, I have... So wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I need you to pause right there. We're making a golf <laughs> podcast and you just openly admitted that you're swinging at the ball and have no idea what's going on. everybody this is unforgettable golf we're new to the podcast game kind of new to golf we're average golfers i'm brad zach say hello yo what's up guys so this is our intro episode we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves about how bad of golfers we are and hopefully you enjoy it hopefully we'll have many more podcasts to come but i think we should just get right into it what do you think zach yeah, let's get this going. All right, so I think we have to start off with what type of golfers are we? So I'm on the Corn Ferry Tour, and you're... <laughs> no. I'm on PGA level. Close. I'm PGA level. Yeah. yeah, maybe on PGA Tour 2K21. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're we're average, right? I think we're average. Yeah, maybe. I might be. You, you're a little bit better than I am, but I'm probably below average. Yeah. Okay, so we're average to below average golfers. So let's put a number on that. For you, you know, like what's your handicap? What's your best score? What's your average score? What's your worst score? Okay, so I don't have a handicap yet. I'm starting to work on that now. But okay. my best my best game last year near the end of the season, I shot a 90. I was super excited about that. Um, probably my worst score is when I first started. Really didn't know what I was doing. Right when I first, I my whole first season, I never kept score. But my second season playing, I started keeping score, and I was probably golfing like a 125 to 130. And How long ago was that? Probably we're looking probably two years ago now. Yeah, let's let's throw that out. Give me a more recent high number, so we kind of you know okay, know so, where you're at. Yeah, so my most recent, um, probably I golfed probably like a 105. Yeah, 104. This season, actually, I golfed okay. 104 so far. So that's where I'm. That's my worst. My best this season so far has been a 90, 95. Yeah. Okay. So 90 all time, 95 this season, 104 worst, no handicap. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I mean, it's similar. Um, my handicap was down at its lowest at 16.5, which was last year. Um, last year I shot my best score was an 85 this year. I put up two or three nineties, but I haven't broken to the eighties yet. Uh, my worst score this year is a one Oh two. Um, my handicap right now, I think I'm sitting about a 1920 and a little bit of that is just life. Uh, recently had a kid. And so last year was playing a ton of golf this year. I'm playing like once a week practicing once a week which yeah. i really want to change part of doing the podcast too is trying to get better right so yep i'll try to do more rounds of golf and trying to practice more but i don't know it's tough with life huh yeah it is i mean between work and you have the kid and i'm, I'm running a business so i don't get a ton of time to play golf but i make sure i get my stuff in there you know it's, it's a fun game so how often, with everything that you have going on, how often can you get out? 
um, practice right, or play? Right now, I'm getting out at least once a week. Um, usually on a Saturday if weather permits, but usually it's on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. Um, I try to make it to the driving range at least once a week, just keep the clubs moving. And uh, just recently, I started playing practice rounds of golf, so not keeping score, just getting clubs that I'm not really comfortable with on a normal like scoring round, getting those clubs moving, actually playing with them, and uh, just trying to learn that dynamic. So that way I can start using those clubs that get that confidence in them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same for me. Like you, it's like, well, on a good week, I might get two rounds in and two rounds of practice. Yeah. And by rounds of practice, I don't mean actually going out and playing. I mean, like, you know, going to the to the course and hitting putts for a half hour, sitting on the driving range for a half hour, you know. Yeah. But realistically, at best, we're both just kind of weekend warrior average golfers with not a whole lot of time, right? Yeah. And every once in a while. Every once in a while, I'll get a weekend. Like this weekend coming up, I'm, I'm going to be golfing Friday, Saturday, Sunday because I have an uncle coming into town. He loves the golf. And it's like when you have those type of occasions, you make time out of your busy schedule to make sure you're golfing, right? So like you said, like you get you get your time to go, but it's not as frequently as we both would like to be golfing. Yeah, definitely not. The whole point of this podcast is that we love golf. We we play golf. We talk about golf. We watch golf. We play video game golf. And we just don't get to do it as much as we want to. And we're not that good. And it's frustrating not being good at something you love, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> we want to get so much better, but we don't really have a whole lot of time. So we just do what we can. We play and that's yeah. kind of it, huh? Well, and then also too, watching golf, you see these pros playing so good, and you sit there and look at your game, and you're like, "What the heck? What? How? How are they, you know, making a 30 foot putt that breaks three different times? And I have a hard <laughs> time sinking a four footer. You know, <laughs> it it comes down to is like they, that's their job. They get to play it all the time. So it's like it does get frustrating sometimes when you're out in that course. You're just happy to be out, and then you're playing the worst game that you've ever played in your life because you just aren't hitting the ball right or whatever. And that's the journey that we're going to take you guys all through because we're not perfect. We're amateur golfers. We're going to have our days where we golf that 104, that 110. And then we're going to have our days where, you know, I don't know about you, Brad, but I'm hoping to break, you know, 90 this season and get into the 80s and try to stay there. And um, that's one of my goals for this season is to hit that point and actually keep my game there. But it'll be really fun to take off everyone on that journey with us yeah i'd love to be mid high 80s on a more consistent basis like i said i haven't even broke into the 80s this year so that's been frustrating because i know i can do it and last summer i had multiple rounds into 85 88 range you know yeah um which is super frustrating but then it's also like you're not playing and you're not practicing so what do you expect um so I don't know. I think, like you're saying too, it's like so frustrating when you're like, okay, I got it. I figured golf out. And then you go play. <laughs> and you've been telling your buddies or your dad or your brother who you're playing with, like, all right, I'm locked in. And you just shoot a 105. And it's like, I'm capable of an 85. And I just shot 20 strokes worse than that. Why am I playing this stupid game? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't know about you, but you'll hear that a lot from me. I'll quit on the third hole all the time. And I'll just turn to my partner and be like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. So he'll be up and downs for sure. Yeah, and that's what uh, – I just golfed in the scramble tournament on Saturday. And right before the tournament started, I said, I have my 60-degree working, guys. Get ready. And <laughs> during, uh, in practice, when I was on the chipping green and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm putting them within like two foot of the hole every time. I get out there, I'm thinning it. I'm taking big old chunks. It's not going anywhere. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, guys. The thing isn't working now. So that's, that's the thing. Well, that's probably there. just because you weren't taking four foot divots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 30 yard shots. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I had that. You, in my practice round, you know, that's what gave me the confidence to use the 60 degree in the, in the tournament, you know, take that on, I'm, I'm sitting on hole four on the course, I pulled the 60 <laughs> degree out in my practice round, not very comfortable with that club to, you know, talk about it. Like I have never really struck it well, but I was like, I'm going to learn how to use this club because it's so crucial for the game, right? If I want to break 90, I need to have different shots in my, in my arsenal of shots. Um, I can't be bumping and running everything. So I was like, I'm going to get the 60 working. So I go to hit it on this whole four. I take about a <laughs> foot long beaver tail. I mean, this divot was massive. I was digging ditches out there. The groundkeepers are still trying to pair it two <laughs> yeah. weeks later, right? <laughs> I mean, I took this thing. I, I scalped the ground. Massive little <laughs> ditch. Never even made contact with the ball. The grass actually launched the ball in the air. It went on the green and rolled in the hole. And I was like, this is the best day of golf ever. I hit the worst shot, but it went in the hole. And for some reason, even though it was a bad shot, it gave me confidence in that club. And the rest of the day, I was golfing really well with it. I actually hold out again on hole nine with it. You know, after it was a par three, you know, I hold out on my fifth shot. Still wasn't on the green. But, hey, it, it gave some confidence there. Well, I remember you telling me that, like, the guy you were with turned to you and, like, what is going on? Like, he couldn't believe what was happening yeah he like, couldn't believe it the... he kept on telling me i was like yeah but that was my fifth shot he's like it doesn't matter it's all about your last shot and i was just <laughs> like yeah i mean it, i felt really good holding him out and i was like if i can figure out like the bad thing is with being an amateur sometimes you're just swinging that club hoping to make the shot you're you're thinking of making right whether it's a flop, i don't know about chip. you but i'm just i'm just swinging the club hoping to make contact yeah half the time yeah half the time that's me too but on this day, I was feeling well. Like, I was making good contact with a lot of my shots. You know, you have those days. So I'm mm -hmm. sitting there like, okay, like, am I going to do good? Is this going to be a chip shot? Is it going to be a flop shot? Because I don't really know what I'm doing with the head of my club half the time. <laughs> and, you know, when it goes in, you know, that guy I'm golfing with thinks I'm the best golfer ever. But, and you know, he saw you take a massive divot. He didn't know that that divot was a foot behind the ball. Oh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't see that. I mean, I – he, he saw the divot afterwards. I said, you see this thing? And I picked it up off the ground perfectly intact. I mean, oh, I, I should remove you should sod it on your wall like a, like a trout. Yeah. <laughs> Have it above your mantle. Yeah, I should have. But, I mean, I, I figured after that point in time, I should just become a groundskeeper because I'm good at removing sod, you know? <laughs> I guess. Oh, man. Brings it that, to the that... point, though, too, like where I was thinking, like, you ever go to the driving range and, like, you're having a really good session – you know, you're hitting all of your irons, irons well. The wedges are flying exactly where you're putting them. Your driver's working great. And like you said before, like you show up to the course and you tell your dad or your brother or your golfing partner, 
man, I had the best session ever. I am going to kill it today. And for some reason, it just doesn't trans translate to the course. Like, what? I I'm still trying to figure out why. And, you know, we have talked about it before. You know, you're hitting off a controlled area. You don't have to worry about lies, roughs, anything there's like no, that. There's no penalty either. I mean, you're swinging free. If you, yeah. if you shank one, it's like maybe you hit – as long as you don't hit the guy next to you with your shank, <laughs> get some weird glances down the line looking at you like, what are you doing out here? I mean, that's the biggest thing that happens, right? You're not You're not taking a penalty. You're not losing a $5 ball. You're not – there's no pressure. It's just swing free. Yeah. Well, see, that's where me and you are different too, Brad, is I don't buy $5 balls, you know? Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, this, if anybody listens to this podcast, we are going to get ripped apart when yep. we do the what's in our bag. Because that's, that's on the agenda. Not this, but, you know, a couple episodes later. You don't play good balls. I haven't bought balls in two years. Uh and we're going to get torn to shreds if yeah. anybody listens to this. <laughs> but maybe we should talk a little bit about the goals for this podcast because I know we're like saying if people listen to this. Yeah. But this podcast is kind of for us. And if people listen, great. But if not, I mean, and I think we got into this a little bit before, is like we just, we're all about golf right now. We're obsessed and we want to see the journey because you know, like you said last year, you're in the hundreds. Then yeah. you dropped to the nineties. Man, if you could if you could have recorded like the thought changes or like what you're doing different, yeah. you might be able to catch something that's like, okay. And that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to get that swing thought or that movement that just like unlocks golf for us, right? And we think we have it every single round and then it works for three holes and then we start topping the ball again or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, pretty much with this podcast too, we're going to try to, to keep up with it, you know, whether it's on a weekly basis or, you know, whether it's a couple times a week, we're going to document like our rounds of golf, you know, and it, we're not going to only document the ones that we played so good at. Every round of golf, you're going to have that good shot that you, you, you're you chasing all the time, right? That's what golf is so impressive. Like you can have a hundred bad shots. Yeah, the shots. one that keeps you coming back, right? Yeah, but that one that you just cranked that you put on the green two feet from the pin. You got lucky doing it, but man, if I could do that every time, let's keep on trying right, to do I'd that. I'd be on the PGA. Yeah, and it's yeah. like that's where it will be nice to be able to talk about the bad times of golf, the good times of golf, our rounds of golf that were good and bad, and it's going to be cool to go back and just see that stuff because eventually our goals are to, to get better. We're not just playing golf because it's fun. It's, it's probably one of the best sports ever, but it's one of those things too where it's like we want to try to get better, so what's the best way to do it? look back to see what we were doing when we were shooting in the 90s you know yeah we don't we don't know what the best way to do it is so we're just gonna try and fail until something works and it'll work for a couple rounds and then it won't and i don't know but that's golf like look at you you hit a terrible shot took yeah a, but it went in <laughs> but it went in right that's golf yep. and, you could think of all the shots that you hit perfectly and, and it's like, oh man, I pounded that drive. And somehow it took a a bounce 90 degrees of the fairway and ended up behind a tree. And, you know, or you hit it too far and it rolled into a lake that you didn't know was there. Or, you know, there's like a million possibilities. Just because you hit the exact shot you want doesn't make it a good outcome. Or just because you hit a really bad shot doesn't yeah. make it a bad outcome. 
Well, also too, and, like, um, with the with the podcast too, it's gonna be really cool because we had talked about this before with me and you. Like certain parts of my game that were strong last year are almost non-existent this year because other parts of my game became better, right? Like I got the the drivers working. I'm hitting it like with rollout like 280 consistently. So that eliminates all of my longer irons or you know my mid irons like my six my seven which were your strong points which was my strong points last year right because you had to yeah so now i'm trying to get those scoring clubs which is like you know the nine iron the pitching wedge you know my 54 56 60 like now i have to get those really working because now there's the clubs i'm hitting off after my second shot for my second shot off the tee box you know what i'm saying so it's like it's the whole game changes as you progress to get better. And that's what I'm learning now. And it would have been really cool if last year I'm sitting there talking about on this podcast about how great my irons are working for me. And then or breaking, breaking into the nineties. Yeah. That's like what, what got I, me there? I remember wanting that for a year and, and, and I'd hit a one Oh one and a one Oh two and I'd hit a 100 and I'd be like, replaying every single shot in my mind being like well if i just didn't yeah. three putt there and if i just did that there then i would have broken it and just over and over and over again it not being reachable and then you crack it and it's like do you okay, remember that, that moment just... do you remember what yeah. helped you crack yep. your night the break into the 90s i couldn't tell you what helped i could just tell you i remember the course and i can almost go shot for shot what like hole by hole which would be awful podcast content listening to me go <laughs> hole by hole and i broke it and i want to say it was either 96 or 97 yeah so like the first time i ever broke into the 90s and literally this is this is how golf is for me i was sitting there trying to figure out how can i get better i'm working on changing my grip completely because i i was gripping the club like a baseball bat swinging like crazy amateur golf fixed that then I was working on my swing. I'm like, how in the world? Like, I'm still golfing bad. And then, like, I started watching just some videos of some pros giving tips in here and here, here and there. And I started anyone in particular, or just yeah, like, like the. So I, I watched um, a British golfer called Rick Shields. And yeah, Rick was... Shields and Peter Finch, huh? Yeah, those guys they, are everywhere. They were giving so many like good tips, and something that stuck with me that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this on my next round of golf. Is he said. You know, when you have a 20 yards or 10 yards to the green and you only have to get over top of some rough, pull out the seven iron and do a bump and run. Just get it over top of that, just enough to get over top of the heavy stuff and let it roll onto the green. I did that and I broke not, I broke 100. I was in the 90s then. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it. So then all of a sudden that became a staple of my game, right? The bump and run. Mm-hmm. I started using a pitching wedge to get more little loft, slow the ball down when it hits the green. Like this is great. But the problem is, is like, I'm stuck in the 90s now. So yeah, what's my next a, thing get, I need to break through? You know, right? You get to the point where it's like, okay, for example, like for a while, if you're not hitting driver off the tee box, you can do fine. But eventually, you have to hit driver off the tee box because yep. you need the distance. You need to have a wedge in, and you need to have your wedge close so that you can score, right? Yeah. So you can have an easy, stress-free par. But if you're hitting three iron, you're losing. I don't know, let's just say 50 yards of distance, that's two clubs higher, which is what you were experiencing and why you got so good with your six and seven iron, which yep. now are obsolete because you're driving the ball a lot further, right? And, yeah, and that's the thing. Last season too, I mean, 
I was teeing off with a six iron sometimes. So that was the club I felt the most comfortable with. And I'd literally go six iron, six iron on a par four. Which is it, it gets awesome you there. because it, it broke the barrier, right? Yeah. But now you, you can't without upgrading another portion of your game. Yeah, if, not if I happen. ever want to have like, you know, that eagle opportunity on a par five, I had to get the driver working. I had to get my longer irons working. I had to get, you know, that hybrid going or the fairway wood, which we'll get into more in the podcast, but I still struggle with a fairway wood. I don't know why I have a hard time hitting that club. Same thing with a 60 degree. And those are two clubs I'm really working on right now. And I'm hoping once I get those working, Hey, that might, if it shaves off one or two strokes off my game, it gets me closer to that goal of breaking 90. Well, as soon as you get those working, something else will drop off. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens. That's the game of golf. Yeah. Yep. Oh boy. I know. I, I, I've been hitting driver really well lately, but I've been struggling with other things. And it's like, which one do you would you rather have? And right now, when I've when I've shot in the nineties, I've had my driver hot. Like yeah. I'm just I'm not missing fairways. Or or if I miss a fairway, I don't really count it as a miss, but I might be in the first cut of rough, or maybe even a little bit thicker rough, but like inside the tree line, not out of bounds, not in the hazard. So. I still have a look at the green. I know that's not like PGA on for, the fairway, for but for me, though, that's the best. Yeah, my, you can ask for that's that's fairway to me still, right? I, I yeah. hit it well enough that I still have a look into the green. Um, but when my driver is just not working, I could easily be one ten because it's like you're hitting the ball, you're taking penalties, you're just then I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Like all of a sudden I lack confidence. Like I can't hit anything if I can't hit driver or if I overswing or what, but it's like when driver's going, that's when I feel most confident. I I, I don't know what it is. I agree with you on that too, because that's one of those things. Like if I'm not hitting the driver, well, like you were saying my second shot, my driving, my driver that shot off the tee is still in my head. And I have a hard time removing it from my head from mm. my second shot. And that's when I'll shank one or I'll push it or pull it real bad. Or, you know, I'm hitting So like hybrid. on the next shot, you're trying to fix your driver's swing and that's what's yeah. causing it to be bad yep. for you. Or, or I'll pull that's out the hybrid and, you know, I'm like sitting there like, okay, my hybrid on, on the best shot when I'm not thinking about a shot, when I'm hitting the – just, you know, swinging the club, I can get it to carry, you know, 220, maybe roll out 10 yards. And that's what's in my I have then when I don't hit a good driver, I'm sitting there thinking, I have to get this club to go that distance. So I put too much pressure on myself for that next swing if the driver's not working. If the driver's working, that next shot, my second shot, is usually a beauty. Like, because there's no pressure on me then for some reason. I just put too much pressure on myself. And that's something I would like well, to work on this year too. Is like Yeah, I mean, look at Look at professionals. I mean, we're coming off the PGA Championship, and look how many people cracked for JT to win. I mean, with 10 yeah. holes left, he was eight behind. I mean, essentially, the pro in front of him, maybe it wasn't pressure, maybe it was conditions. Who knows what it was? But let's just, for argument's sake, say it was pressure. The pro in front of him shot bogey golf because of pressure. So... Yeah. So the pros I mean, those, even deal with the same stuff that I'm dealing with. <laughs> I, I think everybody does. I think yeah. that's what, like, when, you know, I mean, I don't want to reference Tiger every single time, but 
you just I think that's what part of what Tiger was so great at was managing the pressure. I don't know if he felt it or not, right? Yeah. I, but he just managed it like nobody else, and he put it on every player he was with, you know? Yeah, so that's, maybe that's what I want to be. I want to put the pressure on the players. <laughs> you want to be Tiger? Yeah, and that's a good goal, but, you know, it's hard to be the best. <laughs> well, you could, wear sun, uh, you could wear Sunday red, you know, like get your Tiger outfit and get a little Frank head cover and – yeah, and if I lose some weight, you know, I get you know, end up being grow a couple inches, get jacked. Yeah, yeah. and have a multi-million-dollar home with a golf course. Yeah, I could do it. I think we should do that. That that kind of brings up an interesting question, and this wasn't in our our notes of what we were going to talk about, but maybe we should save this. But how much money and time do you think you would need to make it professional in golf, or could you even do it? I don't think I could do um, it. See, I think I think with any amount of time, and if you had like endless funds, like if somebody was sponsoring you to just get good, like you think about it, if if someone came to you and said, "Hey, we're gonna pay your wages for the next five years. We just want you to focus on golf," and you're able to go to the course or start your day every day at the driving range, and then go mm-hmm. to the you know greens, practice some putting, and then play around eighteen holes in the morning. Go get lunch, you know, have a relaxing little bit of afternoon, and then play another 18 in the evening. And he did that every single day with the practice and the playing, with not having to worry about the money. You know, I think you could end up getting to a point where you're playing in an amateur, like the Corn Ferry or whatever, you know. Okay, so you're saying you'd make a tour. Yeah, I think I'd make a I tour. I agree with that. 100%. Yeah. Now, at the highest professional level, I think it takes a lot to get there. Like, you either have it or you don't, right? And I think like you definitely could be a professional golfer and make money, but to get to the point where you're golfing next to Tiger, or you know Cameron Smith or John Daly, somebody like that, like I think you're gonna have. A oh, bit he of a dropped Cam time. Smith and John Daly, so maybe hey, we should jump over to that. Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just saying, those are two of my favorite golfers. I mean, they're wild. I like, I like the mullet. John Daly had a mullet at one point in time. You know, he's a little bit more calmer now. But he, you know, Cameron did he Smith, have a mullet this weekend? I, I don't. I remember the huge beard, and I remember the huge belly. I think he I has. I think he has a little bit of hair coming off the back, but it's not kind like of it, like style. a little bit longer, right? Yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, I like Cameron Smith and John Daly because they bring that type of like thing to golf but, that like you you don't like. They're one of the boys. Yeah, is what it feels like. Huh? Yeah, it, yeah, you can relate to them. Like. They're a guy you feel like you can go out and have a beer with on the course. And, like, they just have that look. They seem like they're very approachable. Well, definitely guys. John Daly would be having yeah. beers on the course. I mean, you're teeing off with a beer. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Teeing off with a beer, drinking 35 Diet Cokes and 14 hey, bags of M&Ms. That, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> but, how about Brad, you, like, who who are you, like, rooting for right now as we're, like, in the midst of golf season with these oh that's a tough question for me to answer my boy and solely for the purpose though i'm gonna give away my age that he's the same age as me for a while was rom i just i liked his short little backswing and his power but and maybe I shouldn't even knock him for this because we all do this as amateur golfers he just seems like he's a little bit complaining 
Like, okay, here and here's what I mean by that. Let me give you an example. So Jordan Spieth will like when you hear him on course and his caddy Geller going back and forth, Jordan's like self barrage. Like, you idiot, how did you hit that shot? How does that not cut? How yeah. could you hit a shot so bad? <laughs> then Rom is like, Oh, there's water on the face of the club. And he uh, shanks yeah, one a hundred yards. So I instead still of, really like himself. watching how he plays golf. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe that's just the way he copes with it. Maybe yeah, that's like a mental everybody... confidence thing, right? So I don't – I like Rom. Um, I like JT, but I can't say that because he came off the PGA Championship. So that's yeah. a bit of a bandwagon. <laughs> um, I just always thought with JT it was cool that his dad was a golfer. His dad is his swing coach to work with your dad at like the ultimate level of golf yeah, that'd has be to be experience. so cool, but it has to be so difficult at times too, to like, okay, this is not my dad. This is my swing coach. I, I think that dynamic is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could say tiger, but I think everybody would say tiger. Yeah. He's just an iconic um, piece of golf. Yeah. He, he, he's just age wise. I mean, just growing up, he was just ultimate golfer from 2000 to 2007. And that's like my prime years of being a kid. Right. And yeah. so you, you saw the putt where he's pointing at the hole and running towards the hole at the putt. Uh, what was that? I think it was that Valhalla. And then, you know, watching live the, the famous master shot with the Nike golf ball that just sits on the lip and the crowd is going nuts. And then like what feels like an attorney later just drops. Like you said, it's just iconic, you know, yeah. it's, it's Michael Jordan esque, right? It's maybe even more than Michael Jordan. It's just, yeah. even if you don't the, like golf, you know who tiger is, right? Yeah. He, if you've he's never the watched guy. golf before, you know who tiger woods is. Um, I like a lot of the guy. I mean, it's hard not to like a lot of them. Like, I love Harry Higgs. Yeah. Um, he just seems like if I was a golfer, that's who I would be, you know, or Joel Damon, like, especially after the, what they did at the PGA where they just like taking their shirts off, <laughs> whipping them around in the air. Like, you know, just seem like cool people. And See, um, if I had to say who I'd be golfing, like, like, I think Scheffler would probably be somebody I'd be a lot like because his swing is so untraditional and like you almost can't teach somebody his swing because they'd hurt themselves you know what i'm saying oh you're talking about his footwork yeah his footwork like you know like when he's yeah. coming around he's like sometimes when i swing at that ball man i i don't know what i'm doing and like my feet end up <laughs> I, I have... so wait 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 hold on hold on i need you to pause right there you're making a golf <laughs> podcast and you just openly admitted that you're swinging at the ball and have no idea what's going on well, you know, sometimes when you're when you're just like having that bad day, you're just swinging for the fences, right? You know, yeah. and then with being like playing baseball like my entire life, sometimes that baseball swing comes back in when I'm having that day where I'm not, you know. So like the feet tend to move sometimes, you know. Sometimes that right, you know, that that front foot gets picked up, and you know, I end up having a little bit of a Scheffler ankle twist. You know, it's just one of them. Well, things. and what I found out about it, which we're getting off topic, but I yeah. thought it was incredible, <laughs> is that his coach wanted him to do that. That is crazy. And it has to do with a balanced finish and basically just having all of his weight be on his front foot. 
And so that's just naturally what's happening with his back foot. But anyway, I, I mean, yeah. you know, we're we're not here to criticize. No, no, no. We barely, we we don't even have swings. I mean, no, no, no. I I mean, if he came out and watched me, they could tear me a new one. I'd, yeah. I'm number one, but it, but I get what you're saying. Number one yeah. golfer is he still number one? I think so. I, I do believe okay. he is top number one. He has a swing that nobody would teach, and nobody would let you repeat. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing about. Rom, right? Like, how does he drive a ball 350 yards and he doesn't get the club higher than his shoulder? Just... Yeah, actually, I never... You're bringing that up, and that's kind of new to me. I never really thought about that. I know there's been comments and stuff made about it, but like, some guys need that entire extension back there to get the ball to go 300 and near 300 yards, and he's doing it without that. Yeah, and then you look at like somebody like Rory, and this is way off topic, but small little guy and him and Rom, I mean, just watching the PGA Championship, they seem like two of the top ten guys in driving distance the entire, and they just have these weird swings that just work. Yeah. I don't know, but that's golf, right? Yep, that's golf. That's 100%. That's what it is. All right, so we, we probably got to start wrapping this intro episode up. So yeah, it's been... It's you been and I have been friends for, what, ten years-ish now? Yeah. At least 10 years. We're on opposite sides of the country, if we haven't already said that. So we've never played golf together. But one of the things that we planned before we really started the podcast was a golf trip. Sometime this summer to play golf together. So kind of just looking forward, maybe a little bit of a teaser. What do you expect that golf trip to be like? Are you looking for a number? Are you looking to have fun? I think... I think it's going to try to have, you know, a little bit of both, you know, have fun, have competitive weekend, you know, see what we can shoot. Maybe we, uh, maybe we make like a little like tournament style out of it. We'll play three days in a row and see what we shoot at the end of the three days. So you're thinking like stroke play for the whole thing, right? Yeah, now. maybe, you know, maybe we do that. Hopefully weather is, uh, stays all nice and we can, uh, get a little bit of a stroke play in there. Hopefully our friend, Eric can make it down too to golf with us. So we guys will be meeting him in the podcast. Um, he's pretty new. He's kind of like a one to two time year golfer, but he's starting to get into it along with us. And uh, yeah, that trip is going to be fun if it happens. Like if we can get everything worked out and everything happens, we can get out in the course together and have some fun. And uh, like Brad said, we've been friends for 10 years and we kind of, neither one of us told each other that we were getting into golf but then all of a sudden, like, it just happened, and we were golfing. And now we uh, talk about it almost every single day. Yeah, if we're not talking about it, we're texting about it. I'm not texting about it. Or so, playing video yeah. games about it. <laughs> yeah, it's an obsession for sure, huh? Yep. Now we're creating a podcast about it. So if we end up divorced, I blame golf. Yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> let's, but that, that's that's negative talk. Like, yeah, no, we can't let's keep Jordan things positive. Let's, yeah, keep, let's, let's keep things positive. Let's move on. So, I mean, okay, let's wrap it up on a good yep. note. Anything you want to conclude with? No, I mean, I'm just looking forward to see where this thing goes. Uh, trying to get my game good. Uh, see how far I can get. Let's hope. Uh, you know, let's pray for birdies. Let's do that. <laughs> pray for birdies. I pray like for it. birdies. Yeah. So, same thing for me. Who cares? Well, I shouldn't say who cares what happens to the podcast, but this podcast is not driven towards making money, getting followers, getting fame. 
it's driven us us getting better at golf. Yep, 100% so agree. We get better at golf. We've accomplished the podcast. Nobody listens, but we accomplished our goal. It worked. So yep, I think just, that's it. Just trying to have a good time on the hardest sport ever. Yeah. I guess we could debate that next time too. Is golf really a sport? And I will argue that point to the day I die that it is. Well, then we but might yeah. not have an argument because I agree. <laughs> well, definitely. We'll, we'll have lots of topics to talk about over these next few months. And uh, hopefully, if you listen to the podcast, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you like it, you know, let other people know about it. And join us on our journey. Yeah, give us a follow. Give us a review. Be nice. We're terrible golfers. Um I hope we've made that clear enough to everybody out there. We are not good golfers, but we're going to put out some content. Um, we'll probably cover some stuff on the PGA, but there's podcasts that do that. There's people that cover PGA news all day long. Um, so we're going to be about us and getting better at golf. Yep. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening.